Welcome to the Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And we are an online church and we're making our way through Revelation. You can join the conversation below or in the Discord with the links in the info section. Let's go ahead and make our way further into Revelation. Which, uh, Just a little further though. Let's see, are we doing 9, hey, 10, we're, we're or 11? Verse, you mean? Yes. We're past that, buddy. So are we? Sorry, down. we're at 12? <laughs> we're at 12. Yeah. I thought we were still on 5. No, so. I don't know. Today we make our way. It depends in... if we go back to 3 or not. We did the golden lampstands recently, and then we talked about Jesus in the book of Daniel. And now we make our way into the seven stars. Stars. So we had the seven lampstands, which were... Remember what those represented? The churches. Good. We remember one week ago. All right, we're doing <laughs> good here. Yeah, so, and the symbolism that we kind of saw behind that was like, Jesus already told us elsewhere that the church is the light of the world. They're supposed to shine. Olivia talked about how we represent Jesus. So we represent Jesus in the sense that we shine and we give his appearance and what he looks like. And when people see us, they should see him because Jesus is the true image of God. And therefore, we're imaging him to the world in the fullest revelation of who he is, or so is the goal. Uh, but this time we get to seven stars, and they're in Jesus's hand. Now, throwing stars. So this is what we always have to do with Casey. I learned this last time. Like, there's a part where the Bible talks about how uh, Jesus is the morning star, and like Casey legit was thinking, <laughs> like the ball morning and star chain. is the sun. It's the star that comes in the morning. Nope, it's a weapon. It is indeed in space. But I need to clarify for other people like Casey, who apparently only think of violence. <laughs> no, no, just weapons all the time. Uh, no, in this case, not throwing stars. Okay. Jesus is not... He's not a ninja? He's not a ninja Jesus. <laughs> um, though he does have a sword in the very next sentence. Ha -ha! We'll get to that. That's actually important to but that's understand. three episodes from now. No, no, seven. In the next sentence? No, this is one half of a sentence later. It is the next episode. Uh, but in this particular case... <laughs> He's holding seven stars. Now, if you don't remember Revelation well, do you have any idea what these are? You could probably so wait, guess based on many he's conversations. He's holding the star had. in the palm of his hand? He's holding seven stars in the palm of his hand. In his, what reference in his, are you making? In his right hand. I recognize the reference, but it's not landing. Really? Yes. Doc Ock, Spider-Man 2. Oh, his whole goal was to hold the power of a star in the palm of his hand. Right, right. Jesus okay. Which they mentioned. Off, yeah, I seen clarify. that once several years ago. Right, but they mentioned it in the new movie. What? Spoilers! You can't talk about that You can't that talk yet. about the new movie. It's only been like a month. People still have like three years before you can explain that all the Spider-Men are in it. All right. Jamie! So. <laughs> what? If they don't know that... Jamin! Way behind. Okay. All right. Are You're going to have to put a spoiler warning on this video. Are we going to get canceled? Yes! <laughs> it's no. been like. No, 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 no. You can't, I can't even scroll through the internet without seeing it. Seeing that. a spoiler. It's impossible. Yeah. 
I do think that they have come out with a poster for it with all yes, three of them on yeah. it. So maybe Certain, it's okay to say, but it's still. Fine. I wouldn't have said it if it was like still the week after. Week. Everybody like, knew this was the biggest spoiler movie of all time. You can't risk waiting too long. We all knew that. You knew that. Don't you leave a comment otherwise. Okay. I was referencing the old movie, but whatever. But anyway. Well, but then you said it was in the new movie. We're tangenting. Let's bring it back here to stars. Stars in the palm of your hand. <laughs> so Jesus is holding seven stars in the palm of his hand. We know the um, seven lampstands are the seven churches that John's about to write to. Mm -hmm. What are the seven stars? Is it also the seven churches? In a sense. Is it the seven spiritual beings protecting the seven churches? So, yeah, so we've talked about this many times before, but we got to think like ancient people who did not look up at the sky and think, oh, those big balls of gas, balls of gas and their big bluish black, thing. you know, Pumbaa, Pumbaa style. I just thought they were billions of miles away burning balls of gas. Do you guys not watch Lion King? Come on. We did, but you're, you're, you're not making the quote right. You're You're correct. also not making the voice right. That's not a Pumbaa. No, this is a Pumbaa. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a me, a Pumbaa. <laughs> <laughs> he became Italian. Uh, so Pumbaa's up. Pumbaa's up in space. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's more like when I was a young warthog. That wasn't good either, but sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Focusing in here. Tangents are done. No wonder these episodes get lengthy. You blame me. Uh, <laughs> No, I blame Casey. Um, stars. I didn't yes. even do it this time. For ancient people. Yes, you did. And we did a whole cosmology episode in our weird series. Here's the earth, right? Here's the heavens. And mountains are like where heaven and earth meet. That's often why spiritual beings were thought to be up there. Mm -hmm. But up here in space, in heaven... Like, what's up there? They move every night. They're predictable, except for the planets, which actually, uh, planets, I'm tangenting. <laughs> uh, planet, Not meaning of the word planet. Planet means um, um, a celestial body distinguished from the fixed stars by having an apparent motion of its own. Especially with reference to its supposed influence on people and events. No, that got weird. Uh, but planets are like the ones that don't match. All the stars uh -huh. are like constantly doing the same thing throughout the year. Uh -huh. But they're not in the same place, so they must be alive. Because, you know, ancient people aren't thinking about rotation sun, and rotation, and all this stuff. They're being obedient, so it seems, except for those mischievous planets. <laughs> They're being obedient as the heavenly host living up there, shining. Part of the reason you expect when you see an angel that it's all shiny, because that's what they're supposed to look like, uh, and, and things like that. So, in ancient people's minds throughout the Bible, stars are often seen as like, those are divine beings. They're spiritual beings. Those are the heavenly hosts. Job talks about how the morning stars sang for joy when God created the world. And the idea is like twofold. Like, no, not that kind of morning star. The idea is twofold. Uh, the stars are singing for joy. And the stars are the angels, the heavenly hosts. They're singing for joy while they watch God create. So we've done, we've said that a lot of times throughout. But 
it then makes perfect sense because the Bible, Revelation is explicitly going to tell us, just like it says the lampstands are the churches, it's explicitly going to say that the stars in Jesus' hand, the seven of them, are the angels appointed over these churches, or so it seems. Called it. Okay. Yeah. So that would make perfect sense. For us, when we read Revelation today, or at least when I was a kid, I was like, where the stars angels you know but like it makes perfect sense in in an ancient kind of context uh what do you think the significance is that they're in his right hand any ideas um isn't the right hand favored over the left hand yeah i mean you use right hand comes up quite a bit throughout the bible you know because the right hand was like number two in charge mm. whereas in left hand was like number three mm. i would I would assume that this is all the more reason that it's in his right hand. But even just being in his hand in general, like, seems like they're, uh, you know, he's got control of them. He's they're in important. charge of them. They're important. Uh, we did an episode a long time ago, but it was in the series of Revelation, about the seven spirits before God's throne. You remember that? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah. Nope. It, it was a while ago. There were seven spirits before God's throne. I talked about, like, <clears throat> is this the Holy Spirit in seven different ways? Uh, or is this, like, seven archangels from Jewish thinking? Things like that. Uh, a lot of people will get to this point of being like, oh, so these seven angels over these seven churches are must be those seven spirits from before. Uh, which, I don't think I would say that. I think the seven spirits before God's throne are probably something more like archangel type things, but these seven spirits are are angels, or um, the other way you can translate the word angels throughout the Bible is messengers. So that's actually helpful uh, because the legit meaning of angels is messenger. That's what they do throughout the Bible a lot of times, right? Yeah. I mean, think through lots of the stories where they show up. They're almost always bringing a message. Yeah. Yeah. Passing it along. Trying to think of other places where they're not. I mean, some of them become a choir. With passing along a message in musical form. <laughs> right. But yeah. Singing in a message is... Mm. I don't know. There's a distinction in my mind. It depends on what worship music you're singing today. <laughs> like I said, there's a distinct some worship music. You're right. There isn't a message. You're just like, you can only use the word glory so many times before we forget what it means. <laughs> I forgot to say Jesus. <laughs> or there's, or there's you know, glory in 11 syllables. Since Christmas just happened... Oh, 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 Is that yeah. actually 11? Did you count this out? No, someone else made the joke. No. I'm stealing the joke. Just like you just stole a joke. I'm the only did, one who's yes. not plagiarizing right now. Okay, cool. Uh, it's not plagiarizing, it's referencing. Okay. If no one knows your referencing, is plagiarizing. <laughs> well, I was hoping that people would get the reference, because it's <laughs> the perfect one to make at this moment. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, angels a lot of times are passing along messages. Even in that song, like you said, you know, Christ has been born. He's here now. That's a huge message to be declaring. Uh, but angels means messenger. And if anyone is feeling rather unsupernatural about any context of angels throughout the Bible, take a stab at what they do with that. <laughs> it's just like, oh human messengers send this message to the 
human guy who's going to take the message to, you know, Laodicea, this guy over here is going to take it over here. Uh, well, we do have human messengers in the Bible, and they're kind of very mm-hmm. separated from the angel messengers. Yeah. Uh, you know, Phoebe is the deaconess, I believe, who takes, or at least it's assumed that she's the one who takes, like, Paul's letters to a church. So she, in a sense, becomes a messenger right there. Um but in this particular case, in this particular case, it feels extra nonsensical to me to be like, well, oh, these were probably just humans. Because I'm like, have you read Revelation? <laughs> like of all the places where angels belong, <laughs> this is the one. Uh, and most of the time in which you're coming across the, the, um, the words for angels throughout the Bible, like the context mostly makes sense as like supernatural. So it seems weird that you go through most of the Bible like, well, those could be supernatural, but here in Revelation, they're just people. It's like, here in Revelation, it's weird when people show up. <laughs> most of the stuff that's going on is, is yeah, some otherworldly type thing. Yeah. And it's not that you couldn't make the argument. You could. Like, here, send this to that guy who takes it to that church. But, uh, strikes me as off here you know these things are in jesus's hand um like why not just hold seven lampstands in your hand if we're talking about people or something you know um seems to me that there's a extra extra element going on here uh but then that brings us to this other question like okay these seven churches these seven lampstands do they have seven angels appointed to them or is that just like a figure of speech being used here or a metaphor? Do no. churches today have angels appointed to them? You know, th- th- these are the questions that you would naturally start to wonder. That'd be cool. If that is the case. What are your thoughts? you think of any verses or anything that would even give us any direction on that? So not sourced from the Bible, but just kind of like a common idea is guardian angels Mm. you know a lot of people i don't know necessarily know that many people that believe in guardian angels but i know a lot of people that kind of reference guardian angels and the idea and like at least like the idea that there might be a bigger figure watching over them that's not necessarily god like i don't know why people people assume a guardian angel instead of just god's watching over me but like well, I think they feel they, they're hoping for it to be more personable. I think so. Just because, like, having one angel watch over me is a one-to-one ratio, whereas in, with there being one God, there can't be one God that just watches me. Like, if you think of it that way, you then start to feel somewhat selfish in that aspect. Whereas in, if you are thinking of it as an angel, well, there's... Tons of angels, so one watching over me isn't selfish because there's thousands of others out there. So, multitude upon multitude, I think, is kind of an expression used in the Bible. Though that always becomes a question whenever I'm thinking of like either demons or angels. It's like, are there even enough to go around? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> let's say someone has a chance to be demonized. Is it possible? It's like. Crap, we ran out of demons, you know, like, we don't have any more right now. Could the same thing be true of angels? Like, uh, 
if they were assigned to people, like you're gonna have to take that whole family. We don't have enough, because <laughs> you know? I mean the so Bible it's... shows a progression of some angels have actually left serving God and have become demons, and I think there's a is at least an interesting question to ask. Over the last two thousand years, has that happened more? I mean, think of all the Christians that you know who so have wait, stepped away from God, even so, in the pandemic, right? So you're thinking like becoming a demon is like contracting a disease like <laughs> well uh no like becoming a zombie like <laughs> no, no, no. but demons get through open doors that we create for them a lot of times and it can come in other ways like generational and things like that but um when they come in they're they're similar to a disease in the sense of like a moral type disease i've opened up an addiction in my life given something space to move in and assault me uh and now I need to take authority over that thing, but also get my grounding to face my addiction so that I can give it no reason that it can still be here and remove it type thing. Which we're tangenting again. <laughs> it's, it's somewhat close. I mean... Yeah. Well, so, you know, but like if we are thinking in a sense of like demons trying to like assault you or something like that we would think of angels in a different degree if they were assigned to people like they're here to help you type thing so how many are there are there how many people are in the world a few billion right yeah <laughs> how many are there i don't know where they assigned to around seven billion but i'm not sure is, does everyone get one or are they specifically assigned to some people because you know like even if you think of like anointing on some people's lives i'm just thinking out loud here thinking out loud here there are some people like extra gifted in the holy spirit so i don't know where i'm, I'm going with that <laughs> i was gonna say like are angels me, more present but i don't I well don't or is it like someone on like an uber route whereas if someone's needed so they go and help that person and they still drive around the area. When someone else calls, they they go to that one and help them. Like, well, could, okay. it, could it be a DoorDash arrangement? Okay, let's let's play with that for a minute. Because we did, well, we did this whole thing in Genesis. Remember, and angels showed up all the time, like more than more than most people remember when you just read the book of Genesis. And one of the ways in which they were showing up is Jacob just sleeps at one point and realizes he's sleeping in sacred space where angels are ascending and descending a ladder as though they're on business taking care of things. And and uh, Jacob runs into them at one point, just like in a camp, as though there's like a heavenly camp and a human camp in one spot. It's like, those seem like assignments, right? Like sending you to earth, go take care of these things, bring you back, okay, get more instructions. Uh, we've been playing a heavenly version of D&D that our friend is working on. Uh, that's not a good explanation of it because it's not really like that, but people might follow that but in that game it's similar of like angels going into the heavens for instructions as to how to go back to earth and and serve in some way well like or could we think of you know angels like in the post office where they have routes they have to take and like are I mean, they're using over... a ladder in jacob or a stairway right uh, people have often used that to talk about like heavenly portals type thing and I don't know if that's just a charismatic way of expressing it but are there physical locations on the earth where angels get through I mean we think about 
spiritual ge geography in a lot of other ways, so maybe, right? Yeah, I mean, if we want to take our um, ideas from pulp culture, like mm -hmm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where they have mouths to hell, where, you know, demons and vampires come out of more frequently, then maybe we could say that the I'm so proud right now. For spots for heaven. Nerd Church is on Monday. I just want to remind you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. I saw my opportunity. No, no, no. But, like, I think when you're thinking spiritual geography, I would say is actually an interesting way to think about things in, in some forms. Because we don't know how it works. We're on this side. And maybe one day it will be explained to us, right? But uh, spiritual geography, sometimes you can just sense it. Like, I had a friend who... It's just praying for our city because like when they drive into Jackson they just told me one time they're uh, she's a pastor and she's just like yeah when I get to Jackson sometimes I just feel like I gotta throw up <laughs> like I just see some billboards and some things and just like instantly the weight of like the spiritual like it they feel it and when you live in a place long enough you don't feel that as much right I like I think I felt that to some extent when I first started working in Jackson a spiritual atmosphere but that atmosphere is my atmosphere so I don't really remember what it's like without that until you go into like a nice beautiful country with no one around you're like hey. <laughs> I feel a little freer than usual I don't know uh, but yeah is that like a spiritual geography there used to be a lot of books written uh, especially by one guy I lose his name um, but he wrote a lot of books about like trying to sense what is the spiritual geography of where you're at and then how to pray into that to start breaking it down and, and strongholds and all that. So, I mean, you can even think of here in Jackson, we've surveyed right around this neighborhood. Um, depending on where you go crossing this road, the survey answers we got were completely different. On one side of the road, it was just like, stop with all the drug abuse and gunshots and all that. And then on the other side, I was like, it could be quieter. You know, it was like, hmm. Like, there's a interesting weight just across this line. And then in, you you live right here. So do I. So do you. Yeah. Uh, but you're not directly right in this exact spot. I would say it feels like some stuff has crossed the line across the road over the last decade so now I'm used to gunshots every few days I'm yeah. used to uh, all the same kinds of things and you know the church is supposed to break down the walls of uh, the gates of Hades and so there's always this like we got to keep pushing in to do what we're calling and I'm tangenting again but <laughs> but if I were to try to make it not a tangent I would say you know joining the angels to bring heaven to earth and fight back how do we let our love shine into our neighborhood so that the boundaries of hell aren't expanding but heaven is overtaking them and stuff right it's especially harder to do in pandemic when there feels like so much more weight to everything that's uh growing um all right any other thoughts for a all right guardian angels though can you think of any verses that would give us any space for that Obviously, we have this here in Revelation where it seems like there's these angels appointed to churches as though maybe not guarding, maybe, 
but like looking out for them, trying to relay some of heaven to them, an intermediary between heaven and earth type thing. Uh, are there any other verses that stand out to you in any light like that? Not that come to mind. Yeah, because there is this question like, where did the idea of guardian angels come from then? Is that just right. like a traditional thing or is that Or is that something Bible? that was passed down from mm. understandings that we've lost yeah. the origin of it, but like the idea is still with us. Mm. I mean, when the devil tempts Jesus mm. and says, you know, hey, call down your angels mm. to help you at this point would be kind of an idea, like maybe a beginning of it. Well, they show up at the end at least to feed Jesus, right? Right. Uh, so that part's a little difficult because on one hand we think of uh, Jesus himself says on the cross, like I could call down a legion of angels right now if I wanted. That's not something we can all do. Right. <laughs> so is it that Satan's tempting him? You've got control over the angels. You guys just think of what I thought of in our last episode? No. Jesus is the angel of Yahweh, a.k.a. the commander of the Lord. It would make sense in that case that the gospel authors are like, Jesus could call down all the angels, right? Because he's the commander of, of, of the Lord. Okay, just thought of that. Anyway, um, watch our last episode if you want to catch up on that. Uh, but, yeah, Jesus could call them down if he wanted. Is that just a Jesus thing, though, or not? There actually are... A few verses that give us the possibility of garden angels, though. Uh, they don't explain a whole lot, and that's what's always interesting when you get into angel-demon conversations throughout the Bible. It's just like, they're there, they do this. If you cast a demon out, they go through waterless places to get their friends, and then they come back and try to move back in. It's like, could you just explain that a little bit? <laughs> you know? Wait, I lost that instruction manual. Yeah, the, what's the, going the Bible on? often just like... That's what you're doing. He's like, but what? <laughs> so the same thing is true with angels sometimes. Uh, there's a few to catch on, though. We've got this one with uh, Revelation having church, having angels appointed over the churches, so it seems. But then there's also uh, Matthew 18.10, which Jesus at one point says, See that you do not, do not despise one of these little ones. I think he's talking about children. He could be talking about new believers, but I think he's talking about kids. Like when you think of kids, they can go through a lot of trauma. Like they can be despised quite a bit. And even us today, like we recognize like that's an special, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a special kind of evil type thing, like to oppress a child in, in, in these kinds of ways. And everything can be forgiven, of course, but the Bible does have different degrees as to like what kind of sin is what kind of sin, with the most intense one being if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, God saying, like, I don't forgive for that, even in the New Testament, which is surprising. But like sin is, sin is varied, and... Even in American culture, like that one's treated on a special kind of level. If anyone confessed to me as a pastor that there's child abuse against them, I'm then a mandated reporter. Like I, I can listen to just about any confession, but if you bring that one up, like the state is like, you need to tell us that or you could go to jail. So like 
we understand that that's that's a pretty uh, pretty traumatic and painful thing. And Jesus himself, when he's talking about, I would say something like um, despising a child or treating them really badly, things like that, he says, "See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven." Their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. And that's again where you pause and you're just like... How does A get to B? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Where's the train? Mm -hmm. I can only think of one way to explain that, though. Uh, My angels that have been assigned to these children are always watching. And they see God's face. So if they see you abuse a child... Angels are mandated reporters on the state of heaven. Can I make that analogy right here? I think I think you can make that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the only thing that makes any sense to me right there. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels uh, always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So it just seems like a random statement, unless that was what we were going for to me. Um, and well, again, and yeah, there, like what there is, T H E I R, yep, yeah, there are angels, so it's a possessive over, like, right. Mm-hmm. And even think of, uh, let's this might help us even more. The, the actual word is messenger, right? So, for I tell you that in heaven, their messengers always see the face of my father who is in heaven. In other words, like, pass along the message. This is what this person did to oppress this child. Now, of course, there's forgiveness, there's recovery, uh, there is hope to restore a relationship. Um, but at the same time, like right here is one of the moments where we see Jesus give a possibility to like a guardian angel type thing. And then it's a question like, maybe they're just assigned to children and we grow out of our angels. <laughs> or <laughs> That'd be so sad. <laughs> but we're always children of God, so like... That's right, yeah. I, and wouldn't, I is... wouldn't want to fairly odd parents my angel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and God is uh, uh, omniscient, you know, so it's not like you could escape it even if the angels like weren't around. But part of the thing that Jesus seems to see here is angels paying attention to what we do, good or bad. Uh, not the only place in Hebrews 1.14. Uh, are they not all ministering spirits? Uh, well, it says in 13. To which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? And then referencing those angels, are they not ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? So here we see like uh, angels are sent for those of us who are saved to minister to us. Is that a guardian angel? (laughs) Another question we end up asking, you know, like, is there space for this kind of thinking throughout the Bible? Maybe it's kind of sparse, but might be there. And then another time where you see them thinking this in Acts is Peter ends up in jail. Um, and an angel shows up and wakes him up and all that. Uh, but, but, where'd that go? Where'd that story go? I lost it. Um, in Acts, eventually they get to this point where uh, Peter shouldn't be there, but they hear a 
knock at the door. It's going to bother me if I don't find a specific passage. It's okay. You guys don't care. It's too much to think about. I mean, I am on the edge of being... We've talked about a lot in this particular episode. We have talked about a lot and tangented a lot. This is my final verse, though. Okay. Okay. Uh, They said to her... um, uh, Yeah, Peter. Okay, Peter's in jail. Peter's in jail. And then they hear Peter's voice at the door, which they shouldn't hear because he's in jail, right? Okay. When they hear his voice... They assume it's his angel. And then they open the door and it's Peter. It's like, oh. (laughs) But their first assumption is that Peter's in jail. His angel's knocking on the door to bring news of of something. So someone answered the door. Now, some people will be like, well, maybe it means like ghost. Peter's ghost is there. And no, because the word usually used for that is phantasma. This here is, again, back to... Angelos, this messenger idea. Okay, so right here, uh, while it's not saying that Peter had an angel, it is implying that at least in their culture, that was somewhat of a thought. Mm-hmm. Peter must have had an angel assigned to him, and it's come to bring us a message. It's come to bring us news about what's going on. All right. Any final thoughts? Okay. Nope. I've learned to, I don't fully know what to do with the idea of guardian angel, if you will, but I've learned to just kind of lean into, especially if I'm having a prayer moment at church, is, uh, or if I need, I really need the Holy Spirit to break through, sometimes I'll just pray, God, if you've assigned any angels over this church or this area, would you just send them to do your ministry right now? that uh, we might join them in bringing heaven in whatever way. So that's the way that I've learned to lean into it over time. So calling out the spiritual Uber. Spiritual Uber. Right. Or spiritual DoorDash. Okay, all right. We're just going to keep labeling different things you can think of now. So it's time to wrap up. What do you think? Are they a thing? Are there verses we've missed? If we did, let us know on the Discord. And be sure to see if you can like, comment, subscribe to this video. And see if you can beat me to that first comment. Good luck. So far, Casey has. Are you next? We'll find out. Odd parents, fairly odd Mm. parents. Even the depths of Sheol The roots of the mountains Aren't beyond your control Dragons carry your prophets To destinations foretold Leviathan on your leash But he pierced through his nose The water beast meets its end When it's slain by your soul Send, send. I'll in your gold to end our 
sin From the high cosmic mountain Or Moed Mount Zion Descend, descend, descend Three days and nights After the dragon's fed The beast spits you up His belly upset Descend to ascend.